Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Extraordinary Women podcast. And this is episode number 92. We are titled Plan Short and Live Long. So let's get started. You are listening to the Extraordinary Women podcast, a podcast for the woman entrepreneur, where we have candid conversations about the journey of starting a business. You'll get valuable tips and advice as you launch yourself on your own entrepreneurial journey. I'm your host, Sherry Harmel, the editor of the Extraordinary Women Magazine Circle. And I embrace my own entrepreneurial journey as a woman of, say, a certain age. And if I can do it, ladies, so can you. I now divide my time between Paris and Boston, which fulfills my desire to create this life reimagined while building a business I love. I am so happy you are here. So let's jump right in. Well, I'm at a crossroads in my life. Yes, another one, yet another one. No matter how solid our plans are, we'll get messages that something isn't working, something maybe doesn't feel right, and we need to listen. Well, I did what probably a lot of you do. I first resorted to old habits. I went to the planning board and told myself I need to decide what I want to do with, oh, maybe we'll say my next 20 years. I'm a planner. Actually, my specialty is strategic planning. But suddenly, this strategic planning of 20 years just wasn't working for me. Now, I've been in this funk for several weeks now. It wasn't, though, until I got really serious, honest, and vulnerable, dare I say vulnerable, with myself, that I started to see more clearly. There I was, creating plans for 5, 10, and even 20 years. Planning for 20 years? Seriously, Sherry? My heart said to me, those 20 years, that 20-year plan kind of feels maybe like an exercise of fantasy to me. Honestly, I was shocked. I was shocked because I'm a planner. I love those plans and I'm good at making plans. But my heart kept pushing back and said, no, I only want you to plan for the short term. Now, I was shocked. And as I said back a couple of podcasts ago, your life's golden nuggets come from your heart, not the great brain that's, you know, inside of your head. So on a very long walk with myself, actually, I was in Kensington Gardens in London. I asked, what time frame are you comfortable with planning? Loud and clear, I got the message of five years max. And really, Only two years. Wow, uh, two years? Are you kidding me? That's super, super short. Companies take at least three to five years to pivot. When your kids are young, and I'm sure a lot of you have done this, you can plan ahead 10, even 15 years. They might be in elementary school, but you're already wondering what they're going to end up studying. Then if you're thinking about quitting the corporate rat race, You're very often planning way beyond five years, right? 
And dare we bring up financial planning? It's all about long-term planning. Those darn actuarial charts now have us living until age 90. But even after arguing with my heart, I heard that I should not plan much longer than two years. Now, I'm not being morbid. It's not like I heard that I'm going to die in two years. What I heard is that right now, I need to take life in shorter chunks, and then I'll be happier. I suddenly saw that as we age, or when those kids are out of the house, or we step away from the corporate job, maybe we need to start planning like we did when we were teenagers and go super short term. Now, I used to ask my grandkids this question. I've stopped doing that, but the, especially the teenagers. I'd ask them questions about their lives, you know, what they expected to be doing. And I'd ask questions like, what do you want to, where do you think you want to go to college? What do you think you want to study? What do you think you might want to do in your life? And I'd get these blank stares, completely blank stares. And they'd usually say something like, Grandma, how could I possibly know that? Now, maybe COVID changed us. We know COVID changed us, but as grown women, it's possible that we've returned to this short-term planning, much like we did when we were teenagers. So here I am, a woman of a certain age, and I've got on the same planning hat as my teenage granddaughters. And I get just as glassy-eyed when someone asks me the question, what do you think you'll be doing in 10 years? I have no idea. What will my business look like then? No idea. Will I still have my Paris apartment? No idea. Will I finally be in the best shape of my life? No idea. Will I have met the love of my life? Wonderful thought, but no idea. I only know I have to live a fabulous life, even if Mr. Wonderful never arrives. So my recommendation is that if you want to feel happier, forget about the 10-year, the 20-year life planning. Focus on this week, this month, this year, and maybe at the most, five years out. Shocking. But ask your heart, how far into the future do you feel happy and comfortable planning? And whatever that number is, go with it. Now. The next question I asked myself on this long walk is, what is it I really want to do? I brought up that question before in other podcasts, but this time, something just wasn't right with it. Why? Because I think it's a bigger and more difficult question to ask than it actually sounds on face value. Think about it with no context. Your mind can't find a way to really answer that question concisely. Without context or parameters, you'll get super random and super vague answers like, and these are some of mine, I want to get more fit, I want to lose weight, I want to write a book, I want to start a business, I want to travel more, blah, blah, blah. Random and vague. So back to the question, what do you want to do on a daily basis over the next few years? What do you want your 
daily life to look like? What do you want to be doing each day? How do you want to be spending your time? Really specific, right? And short term. Now, you can up-level that question and you can ask that scary question, I call it. If I only had the surety of five more years, what would I be doing with my life? How would I choose to spend my time? That question is just too scary for me, honestly, but you might feel differently. So go with whatever works for you. Just ask the question, what do you want to be doing on a daily basis? Because that reconnects you with your heart. Okay, women entrepreneurs, I want to let you know about a fabulous resource. The Extraordinary Women magazine is only $29.99 a year. And with that minimal investment, you'll receive four issues of the digital magazine, which are just chucked full of inspiring interviews, subscriber highlights, valuable tips, and ideas for you, the entrepreneur, regardless of the stage of your business. But this is a big but. This is more than just a magazine. During the year, you will have opportunities to connect with other like-minded women who are supporting each other and sharing ideas as they go along their business journey, as well as invitations to valuable workshops on topics that you need to plant or bloom or grow that business, as I call it. So go to TheExtraordinaryWomenMagazine.com and subscribe. Join this movement of women from all over the world who are creating and growing businesses. Now, I was completely surprised at the answers I received when I asked myself that question. But first, I want to tell you what led up to this. As you know, I started the Extraordinary Women magazine during the pandemic. I've loved it. I loved starting it. I've loved imagining how it would flow. I've loved interviewing amazing, incredible women. It began, uh, I think it was titled Be the Real You, and then it quickly became Extraordinary Women. I created, I told you I was a planner, I created an elaborate, long-term plan. You know, I was going to spin off coaching programs and, and groups. I was even thinking of making it a membership site. Who knows? That might happen. I worked hard at it, but suddenly I woke up one day and said, something's wrong with this. I need to connect to something. I need to change something. I feel a drive or a need to do something more, but what? And that's when the blog came to me. Now, blogs, they're, they're not gone. Truly, they're not. So I have to admit that at first, though, I argued with myself and said, are you nuts? But my heart pushed back and said, Sherry, you want to share more. Stories like the time that you went to the Dior Gallery in Paris and felt completely transported. You can't share that in social media. And goodness, the magazine can't be like a daily newspaper. Hence, the blog was born. I began it last week and it's called The Extraordinary Women or EW Notebook, actually. And I am having a blast. 
And this is where you come in. I also heard, now not just the blog, start the blog, Sherry, which is the EW notebook, but I also heard that I need to find a hobby. <laughs> you might be wondering, where is this coming from, Sherry? And this one took a little longer to uncover. Now, I'm not a gal with many hobbies. My father once asked me if I ever had any fun, which at the time and for decades after I took as a huge criticism of me. But this morning when I was on this long walk through the very quiet Kensington Garden in London, his question came up for me yet again. And I suddenly realized that maybe he didn't mean I wasn't a fun person. Maybe he really meant to ask, what was it that I like to do for fun? Now, my father is a guy with hobbies, and he still is. His favorite hobbies are playing cards, fishing, hunting, all while drinking. The drinking part was probably his most loved hobby. I don't like any of his hobbies, especially not the drinking. But as I walked through the park, I realized that other than reading or cooking and baking, which I now do very little because I live alone, I don't have anything that I do just for fun. I'm a woman with no hobbies. Gosh, from the time I was young, you know, I knew how to work. Lots of reasons why. But as I walked through the gardens, I saw that I had never really embraced a hobby because I didn't spend enough time on any one thing other than work. And my heart cried out to me and asked me to change that up. So, a little confused, I sat on a park bench and I started to talk to the pigeons. Yes, this American gal was starting to resemble the bird woman in Mary Poppins. Thank heavens nobody was around. One bird in particular didn't really look like a pigeon. She had fluffy feathers and was multicolored, a perfect outlier in the pigeon world. Well, I started to talk to her and realized I've always liked birds. And I suddenly remembered that as a kid, I used to draw birds. I did an excellent Baltimore Oreo, I might say. Now, I hadn't thought about those drawings for years, if not decades. But remember, the heart knows. So I let that thought sink in and decided I'm going to return to drawing my birds. Next, what also came up, and this was even more shocking, was to explore the world of birding. Yep, hiking through places, looking at birds. The other evening, when I was out for dinner with a friend, I announced my new hobby plan and she almost fell off her chair. But I kept saying that would provide a purpose to my walks, a purpose for my trips. And for now, I'm willing to just explore the idea. Now, I might hate it. And that's what this two-year plan, that is, that's what this short-term plan is all about. Us trying out new activities. As my grandmother would say, walk to the end of the dock, dear, plug your nose and jump. So, in conclusion, ladies, for the moment, try sticking to short-term planning. Only go to what time frame is really comfortable for you. Force yourself to turn the channel if your brain wants to go anywhere into long-term. Make yourself stay short. One year, even 90 days, whatever feels most comfortable for you. 
Now, that's probably going to sound really bizarre given I'm a coach, but I want you to pull in those big, fantastic, audacious dreams that you have just for now and experience life week by week as your one-year plan starts to take shape. Next, I want you to ask yourself what you want to do each and every day. Try out different schedules. Incorporate different activities. Go week by week and make it a fun game. Then pick one day each week when you're going to download what you learned that week and make changes and adjustments. If I hate drawing birds as an example, or I hate birding, I'm going to, going to try something else. And last, but probably the most important, is to listen to your heart. Go for those walks in nature all by yourself and talk out loud. Talk to the birds if you feel so inclined. What's important here is that you learn to dialogue with your heart because that's where all your amazing wisdom resides. Connecting and dialoguing with your heart, I believe, is the best self-care activity you can ever do. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you would take a minute to rate our podcast and subscribe. I've got lots of super interesting conversations coming up. And if you subscribe, you'll automatically get a notice of each new podcast, which comes out every Monday. I so look forward to our conversation next week. And as we say in Paris, a bientôt.